How many of y'all know that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? The world and they that dwell therein. For he have founded it upon the seas and established it upon the flood. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in God's holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who's not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. We are the generation of them who seek him. So seek that face, O Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. How many of y'all came to worship the King? That's why we come together. I, I greet you this morning in the name of Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth. I'm glad to be alive, but most of all alive in Jesus Christ. Grateful for this profound relationship I have with God where he's sovereign and I'm his servant. And I understand my responsibility and role. Thank God for Pastor Hogg who's made it possible for us to share. Especially in a time like this with all the racial tension in America. We kind of ahead of the, of the curve, Pastor and I have been meeting for over a year now, trying to develop this relationship between ourselves before we develop a relationship with you, our churches. I'm grateful for Pastor Hogg and all his staff for the invitation to come share in my labor of love called preaching. Pastor Hogg has been to First Calvary, and on August 14th at 3 o'clock, he will be back at First Calvary again. Amen? So you're more than welcome to come out and eat some chicken with some, with some black folk. Amen. Come on, y'all. Amen. Y'all know. Cut the chase. Y'all know y'all like black folk chicken. And that's all right. Amen. We know we black. I think the racial tension exists because we want to acknowledge this who we are. God made us one way and he made you another. But we all God's children and that's the good thing. Amen. Amen. If y'all real Baptists and, and work with me, I won't keep you long. I promise I'll do like Jackie Kennedy Bouvard Onassis told her last husband. She said, I won't keep you long. So y'all stay with me and I won't keep you long, y'all. Amen. In the gospel as recorded by Matthew, the 25th chapter, uh, starting with the 31st verse, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his holy angels with him, then shall he sit on the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations. He shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goat. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goat on his left. Then shall the king say to them on his right hand, come, you are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick. You visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed you? Or when we saw you sick or in prison and came to you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Truly I say to you, inasmuch as you've done it 
to the least of these, my brothers, you have done it to me. Then shall he say also to them on the left hand, depart from me. You cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Naked and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then the Lord. Then then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto you, then shall he answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. The word of God for God's people. And the people said, thanks be to God. Pray with me. Consecrate me now, God, to your service. I await your power of grace divine. My soul looks up with steadfast hope. Help me to lose my will in thine purge and purify my imagination. Transform me from William Bowie to your preacher. God, double my portion that whatever I pour out, you pour in. Bless those who await your divine proclamation. Turn off transmitted spirits and open up reception that your spirit might speak in this church. We thank you in advance what happens when preacher and pew come together. Satan, you a liar as your plans have been dismissed. This audience and this meeting, this congregation has been called together by God. Bless our time. God, forgive me and restore me for my shortcomings and frailties so that my prayers not go in vain. Bless me now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Steve told me to be myself. And I really don't know any other guy that I could be best. This morning I want to talk about reverse representation. Reverse representation. God revealed God's self to us in many different ways. We can only come to know God through God's own self-disclosure. The question that needs to be asked is if we can be open to the many ways which God will roll back the curtains of heaven. In turn, gives us different looks and different opportunities to meet and greet God. Some of us are only open to God during a worship experience. And then some of us are only open to God in a private individual prayer life. Then there's those of us who only feel God when the choir is singing our song. And then there's only those who recognize God when the choir is in the hymn book. I mean, all others only feel God when they're in the quiet, subdued atmosphere of their own homes. What I'm trying to say is we become accustomed to the way which is most comfortable to us. And we tend to reject any other experience or expression as having the potential for us to meet God. So many of us reject other religious expressions only because it's not our form of religious expression. We assume that God could not possibly be present simply because we're accustomed to worshiping God in our own limited way. What I want to express this morning is that God can reveal himself to whoever he wants, how he wants, when he wants, where he wants, because God is sovereign. If we could only open ourselves up to the presence and power of God, we could feel God and we could find God anywhere. Our experience of God must not be limited to the worship of our style as an expression of God. The Gospel of Matthew opens up with the genealogy and the birth of Jesus to Christ. Here God is still revealing himself in the presence of a baby boy. How would you treat Jesus if he entered the sanctuary as a child? <laughs> would, you would you reject him as did 
those in his day? Or would you praise him as did Ammon, Anna, and Simeon? I mean, Jesus come, told them to observe all that he had commanded them. And then he said, lo, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. Then he said unto them, if you just do what I tell you to do, I'll be with you always. Y'all stay with me. I'm going somewhere. So we need to understand that the commission that Christ gave to the disciples back then is really the same commission that he charges us with today. We're called to usher in the kingdom of heaven. And what that means and looks like is that we're called from ourselves, not for ourselves, but to save people who are not saved. In other words, we're called to give back what we think we have so freely. We're called to usher in the kingdom present. And Jesus taught the crowd that we're the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And he said we shouldn't hide our lights under bushes. So the implication is that everybody who's saved under Jesus Christ ought be bearing the witness of Christ. We ought to be claiming his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. We ought to be carrying the message of the Savior because we're his only earthly representation. We are charged with the task of ushering in the kingdom so we get the pleasure of being on mission with God while we are on earth. What a mighty invitation. We get the pleasure of walking in God's feet. We are charged with this task every day. But I'd like to reverse that thinking because that's our thinking. I want to submit to you that we don't represent Christ to those we feed, clothe, visit, shelter, that they actually represent Christ to us. Wow, how different the picture comes when we look at the text from this perspective. And the text says this is not futile. Listen to the text carefully. The righteous acts, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink, a stranger and a shelter, naked and clothe you, sick and or in prison and did not visit you? Jesus said, and at least in as much as you did it to the least of these, my little ones, you were doing it to me. So we've been kind of doing Christianity all wrong. We've been feebly waiting for the, the hurt to come to us so that we can show them how good God is, not knowing that God was sending them to us to show how good he is. So all those persons that we negate or, or shun, we better be careful. We could be refusing Jesus. But the ghost, he said, I was hungry and you did not feed me, thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you refused me hospitality. I was naked and you wouldn't clothe me, sick and in prison and you wouldn't visit me. When you refuse to help the lowest and, and the least, my brothers and sisters, Jesus said, you're refusing to help me. It's in the text. You see, what we fail to realize is that Jesus identifies himself with the least likely and the marginalized in society. So the question becomes, where really is God today in the ghetto with people who are really suffering? Where is God today in people who are in prison who have no advocate? I mean, where is God really today? We come to church with the expectation of meeting God when we can meet God, find God, and see God everywhere. Everywhere I go, I see God. Where is God today? Not only in the church building, but God is in those places where we least likely think that he would be at least he said so so God's primary idea therefore is not with the affluent because Christianity has become such an affluent religion only the affluent and the clothed and the right folk can do this Christianity has become such a proud and religion but but where's Jesus today not with the dominant of our society God is always in our midst 
God is with those who have no advocate, those who have no voice, those who have no way out. Jesus' manifesto when he came and opened up the scroll in Isaiah was that the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to set at liberty the captive, proclaim sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who abuse. He had a primary purpose. So what does this mean today? It means that we have to radically change our thinking. It means we have to radically change our priorities. How proud we are when we can tell somebody what God has done for us. Have you ever taken time to consider that you're not really representing Christ to them, but they are representing Christ to you? How different the picture becomes when we understand that we really haven't got it all together. That we haven't really pulled ourselves up by our mythical bootstraps. That there's still a little work need to be done in all of us. That there are those of us who just only want to hobnob with the rich and famous. I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Y'all looking at me like I'm talking about y'all. Alright? So there are those who just go crazy over people whose society deem as important. But how we move away from those who are not wearing the latest clothes, how we move away from those who don't dot every I and cross every T, how we move away from those who don't get their nails done and their hairs done. Oh, y'all, we moving away from God. You're not representing God to them. They, they actually represent God to you. And when you take time to help somebody, it don't matter what they look like, what they smell like, what you feel like. But it does matter that God's got his hand on you. You know, I'm the kind of pastor, I look in my church and I always want to help somebody. I just like helping people. Because somebody prayed for me. Y'all sang this song this morning because I was sinking deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore. Very deeply stained with sin. I mean, I was lost. And God was never lost. When people come to my church, I look at opportunities to save them, to help them. And I'm always looking for an opportunity to take time with a special person. You know, the people we shun when they come to church. You know, the ones who we really don't want to be around. And I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about my church. You know, we look at them and, and we immediately pass judgment. But, but, but think about it. They're the ones who need a touch. They're the ones who need a helping hand. They're the ones which the doors of the church are really open for. I'm the kind of preacher. I still go to Narcotics Anonymous meetings. You know what I mean? You know, I, 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 I shot heroin for 10 years of my life, and now I have two degrees, all right? I, so it don't matter where you come from, but God can do anything but fail. And not only have two degrees, I have an Ivy League degree. A degree. God can do anything but fail. See, and I go to meetings because I realize that you can't forget the place where God delivered you from. I go to meetings because I believe that, you know, they understand better what the church ought to be about than we understand what the church ought to be about. They have a primary purpose and everybody comes for the same reason because they got lost in sin. And their sin was the addictive behavior of drugs. They come to church, because they come to, to meetings because they're not socially accepted in the church in their condition. They're not accepted because they got to get themselves together before they go to church. You know, ain't that why most folk tell us they won't go to church? Because they got to get themselves together. I'm, I'm going to go to church when I get myself together. Well, what I've discovered is they got a message for us. The message is a message of hope. It's a message of freedom. It's a message of deliverance. It's a message that everybody can help understand. The message is that, that we simply come here for a reason. The message says before coming to the fellowship of N.A., listen carefully. We could not manage our own lives. 
We could not live and enjoy life as other people do. We had to have something different, and we thought we had found it in drugs. We placed their use ahead of the welfare of our families, our wives, husbands, and our children. We had to have drugs at all costs. We did many people great harm, but most of all, we harmed ourselves. And through our inability to accept personal responsibility, we made a mess of our life. Sound like sin, doesn't it? That's the condition that any sin leaves you in. Just so happened that theirs and mine was drugs. But when God delivers us, we're not afraid of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus is talking about in the text, is that we got to come out of our comfort zone and help folk who are hungry and thirsty and sick and naked and in prison and thirsty and do what he did for us for them many of us ended up in jail or sell help through medicine religion and psychiatry none of these methods were sufficient for us our disease always resurfaced or continued to progress until in desperation we sought help from each other in narcotics and folk don't come to church because they hit the lottery and they want to share the money Folk come to church because they need Jesus folk come to church because we say we got something they don't Folk come to church because they need a helping hand. Many of us. Our methods was always insufficient. And before you knew it, we sought help from each other and not anonymous. After coming to NA, we realized we were sick people. We suffered from a disease from which there's no known cure. It can, however, be arrested. And at some point, recovery is impossible. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said? Paul said that we have to die daily to the sins of the flesh. In order to die from something, you have to acknowledge that it exists. So what I'm trying to say this morning is that we got to stop choosing who we're going to help. We, everybody needs somebody and everybody deserves our attention. If you want to honor Christ and, get, and do your life as a Christian, then help somebody. Bring attention to their situation and then don't leave them where you find them. The bottom line is, make your mantra. If I can help somebody as I'm traveling life's journey, if I can cheer someone with bright sunshine, then my living will not be in vain. Because the bottom line is one day the question was be, where were you when I was hungry or, or thirsty or, or, or sick or naked or, or in prison and you didn't come visit me? But the Greek rendering of the text is minister unto me because we're all called to be priest under Jesus, the high priest. So Jesus was saying that he set us apart to make us priests because he didn't have to. Now he gives us the power to help other folk. Are y'all with me? We have power to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we ask so everybody that's talking about heaven ain't gonna be there everybody that say lord lord it's not just not gonna be there that's why i've made a decision to follow jesus no turning back no turning back though no one joins me still i will follow no turning back no turning back because i've decided to follow jesus come on pastor that's all i have Amen. That's it, man.